Welcome to another inspiring message from David Hall, pastor of LifePoint Church, Adelaide, Australia. It's our sincere prayer that you would experience the presence and power of the Holy Spirit as you listen to this message. For more information, please visit davidhall.com.au. Lord, as we come around your word, your word says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It doesn't change. Your word's powerful, Lord. Your word says uh, that you sent your word and it healed diseases and brought deliverance. And God, I thank you that your word today has the power to set free and deliver and to bring hope and bring life. And Father, we're asking right now in Jesus' name that the word of God would be alive in the house. Lord, anoint me to preach and anoint your people to hear the word of God and respond to the word of God and be full of faith. Lord, let something happen in the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, and Lord God, we give you praise. Somebody for just 10 seconds, give God a shout of praise in here at the nine o'clock. Boom! You may be seated. The book of Mark. The book of Mark, if you're American, Mark. The book of Mark and chapter 11. And I want to read from the 12th verse this morning. And it says this, Now the next day, when he'd come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. <laughs> so Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. When people are hungry, they do get a little grumpy. <laughs> and when you're Jesus, you can curse things. It's fantastic. And his disciples heard it. I find that interesting that they heard it. It goes on to say in verse Number 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from its roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Jesus said to them, have faith in God. Somebody say, have faith in God. For surely I say to you, whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he'll have Whatever he says, therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you'll have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. If you're not, if you do not forgive your father in heaven, sorry, neither will your father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Let's have a look at verse 22 for a minute. If we can get that back on the screen, Jesus says, have faith in God. Somebody say, have faith. In God. Just leave that there for one minute, guys. Stay with me. He, the, the, what Jesus is actually saying is, have the faith of God. Or have the God kind of faith. Have faith. The word faith, pistis. A persuaded, confident conviction. A certainty, a belief in. He says, have faith in God. Verse 23. And, and look at this church. The reason I'm telling you this, this is not my take. And I will give you my take. But this is not my take. This is scripture. He says, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever, somebody say whoever, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Isn't that amazing? Therefore, I say to you that whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them, verse 24, and you will have them. Somebody goes, oh, you're just preaching a faith message. Yes, I am using a faith scripture that was spoken by Jesus. And let me say this. Don't let theologians try to mess your thinking and complicate a simple principle. Right here, 
Jesus uh, decides he's going to preach a message on faith. And he says this, have faith in God. Have the God kind of faith. You might be here today and say, but people have let me down. Well, thank God Jesus never said, put your faith in people. Oh, but my employer has let me down. Thank God he never said, put your faith in your employer. Where did he say that? Place your faith. Have faith in God. And right, man, I feel like God's going to do something. This morning, I want to preach on having bold faith. And I feel like God's speaking to our church. Next year is a year of bold faith. I want to put some bold faith out there. When I leave, wait, wait, don't clap that bit. I want to tell you something. This is what I'm saying. By bold faith, I, I felt the last few days, I found myself leaving the building, driving through the next door car park. I hope no one is here from next door because I'm just claiming that in Jesus' name. I've been telling my son James yesterday when he was outside, when you go looking for bugs on the church property, which he likes to do, he's going to be an exterminator for the glory of God. I said to him, when you're older, what do you want to do for the church? He said, I want to be the snake catcher, which is good because we're coming into a season of snake handling here at Life Point. <laughs> But this is, this is what I wanted to tell you. I said to him, I said, I want you to just, every time you see that building, pray, God, give our church that building. Why? Because I think our kids' facilities need something bigger. I feel like we need more for our youth ministry over there. I feel like God wants to give us something greater. I look at the 50-odd car parks here and think there's people that need to park a car right there because God wants to do something here. Unfortunately, this room is a little bit too big for the car park that we have. So we need to call that in in the name of Jesus by faith. I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but I'm going to come speaking to that thing in the name of Jesus. I don't know how it's going to I'd love to see it happen debt free as well. And uh, I know how that can happen. You people. Uh, but Jesus is teaching a message and he says, have faith in God. And what I love about God, what I, what I love about Jesus teaching is he doesn't just teach a principle, but he demonstrates it. He curses the fig tree. And notice he didn't just get mad under its breath and walk over and say, you stinking Christmas fig tree. Where's my my lunch? Curse you. He made sure the disciples heard it because he knew it was going to happen the next day. And he wanted to show them the power of releasing your faith through your words. Now, let me say this. I would call myself, I'm a traditional Pentecostal, but I believe in the word of faith. And I believe, that I believe that Christians can speak the word of God under the anointing of God. And God's word in our mouth has the same power that it has in his mouth when we're under the anointing of God. And so I believe that with all my heart. Not everybody believes that. But some people go, oh, you're just preaching a name it, claim it gospel. Well, thank God Jesus, God named you and I and named us as sons and daughters of God, claimed us into the kingdom. And, and I'm one of, some people go, you're one of those Christians that believe in giving to get. I absolutely do. He says, given it will come back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? I'm convinced the more I get around faith people, there's something that gets on you that we believe God for big things. Some of you, some of you are sick of your lives as they are, and you know there's more. Can I encourage you? Grab a hold of some of this today because we serve a big God. And, and can I say the big things of God require big faith? And he says this, he says, just for a minute, I just feel like just getting a bit loose. This way. I'm, I'm having it. He says, have faith in God. And he says this, he, and, and he shows us in this passage, maybe if we can get verse 23 up here, he, he shows us principles for faith. He, show, he teaches us how to have faith in God. He shows us the saying part of faith, the believing part of faith, and the praying part of faith. I said it in the wrong order. He, the saying part of faith, 
the praying part of faith and the believing part of faith. And then he says this in, in verse 23, he says, I say to you, whoever, somebody say whoever. So this is for every person in the room to operate in. And we've got to understand when Jesus says whoever, we've got to grab a hold of what he's saying because that is a word for you and I. Whoever. He says whoever. Somebody say whoever. whoever. Now it's important that you get this in your spirit because he's talking to every person. He says whoever shall say. Anyone can do this. Whoever will say to this mountain, be removed. He says anyone can do it. You don't have to be a pastor, a preacher, a teacher. You don't have to be smart or rich or good looking like myself. You, he, you can be ugly and still do this. You can, you, you can have battles in your life and still get out of those battles by, by doing this. And, and Jesus says this is how faith works. And he shows us firstly the saying part of faith. The speaking part of faith. And, and, and he says, say to this mountain. What is a mountain? Beside the obvious. Well, it's a mountain. We know that. But what is a mountain? A mountain is something that seems impossible. The problem is in 2019, mountains don't seem all that impossible. Because we've got helicopters, we've got tunnels. I was thinking just yeah, this week, I was driving to Tail and Bend. And, and, uh, and, and, I was, and I've taken the boys, sorry, to Border Town, I should say. I've taken the boys with me as well before. And, we, and it's amazing. We just go through the tunnel. We go through those heisen tunnels. But I remember the good old days. I remember when you used to have to ride around the devil's elbow. And my dad would have the whole car praying in tongues because it was the devil's elbow. And uh, we had to take dominion over any plan of the devil. And so, because that's the kind of home that I grew up in. But, but can, I, can I say this? We, we, it was... The trip to Melbourne got a lot shorter when they fixed all of that up. And, 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 but do you, some of you remember even before those days taking the Princess Highway all the way to Melbourne and instead of it taking about seven and a half hours now, it's probably nine and a half hours back in those days. And, 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 but, it, but the thing that amazes me is my kids probably don't see a mountain as too impossible because of every opportunity we've got to get to the top of those mountains. But to the people that he was talking to, he said, hey, you got to speak to a mountain. They would stand on the ground and look up and it would seem like something that was totally impossible and can I tell you a mountain is whatever is in your life that seems impossible and I want to encourage you today church we got to speak to mountains mountains of debt uh, listen, mountains of cancer, mountains of sickness and disease, mountains of poverty and lack, mountains of mental illness, mountains of calamity. Maybe it's a mountain of, uh, 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 of demonic work in your children and they're not walking with God. I don't know what your mountain is, but God doesn't say, tell me what your mountain is. He says, talk to your mountain. Too often we, we, we speak to God about how big our mountain is when we need to go to our mountain and tell it how big our God is. Because these things, the Bible says, the Bible says, oh, Jesus, I feel this in my life. He says, speak to the mountain. And church, can I tell you, we've got to be a church that know how to release our faith through our words. Speak to this mountain. Move and be cast to the sea. What does that mean? It means gone and it can't come back. But why else does he say cast to the sea? Well, it's interesting because when we hear God talking about be cast into the sea. It's almost as though once it's cast and moved and cast in the sea, it looks like it was never there to begin with. Maybe sometimes you come to life point and you think to yourself, hey, 
This church, you know, everything's going quite well. You've just joined. Let me tell you, you don't know how many mountains we've had to cast into the sea. You might have come to heights and, and, and go, oh, this has been a strong church for a long time. I mean, it has been a strong church over many years. But let me tell you, this place has had its mountains. This place has had its challenges. But you walk in today, there's faith, there's victory, there's life. Why is that? Because God wants you to be so blessed that it may seem like the mountain you had was never there to begin with. Here, I, I want to encourage you to recognize that maybe there's sickness that's dogged you. Maybe there's sickness that's come against you. I'm believing God. Not only will that sickness go, but it'll be like it's never been there in your life. In the, come on, somebody. If you believe in miracles, I want to stir your faith. Speak to it. Verse 23 says, He'll have whatsoever he says. Now, there is no disclaimer on that scripture. It says, verse 23, he says, uh, But does not doubt his heart. But believe those things, he says, will be done, and he will have whatsoever he says. There's not a little disclaimer, there's not a little asterisk there with fine print down the bottom, providing it's said in faith. He says, whatever you say. If, if we don't like what our lives look like, we have to look at what are we saying. Even as a church. And, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not speaking to any issue that comes to my mind or anything like that, but let's even be careful about what we speak about our church. If we start to get critical, if we start to get negative, if we start to get into a little circle of gossip and slander about how it's amazing. It's amazing how easy it is for the enemy to pull us into those spaces. And, and can I encourage you, when we do that, what are we doing? Are we blessing what God's trusted us with? Or are we hurting what God's trusted us with? I want to encourage you. If, 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 if you don't necessarily think that it's where it needs to be, speak life into it. Speak hope into it. Speak victory into it. Bless it. Pray for it. Speak the life of God in the name of Jesus. And, and, and I believe God in your world, in your family, maybe your kids. They may, may not be going the way they, they should be going. Can I encourage you? Speak life into them. Speak life into their spirit in the name of Jesus. Man, I feel like preaching this. If, if our church could get a revelation of encouragement. I'm, I am a South Australian. Now, I've said this before, but probably the biggest shame in my life. The biggest shame that I have. And, and there's a lot that I've probably messed up in my life. But probably the biggest thing that I consider a failure in my life is that I was born in Victoria. And, 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 and I, while I like to visit, it's just a little bit of me that feels like a Gentile in God's holy city of Adelaide. But thank God I've been brought near by the Adelaide Crows and Balfour's Pies. But let me tell you, I am a proud South Australian. I'm a South Aussie. I mean, I, I, I love South Australia. I don't want to live anywhere else. I see people, they move to Queensland. It's not so good about a good economy and good weather and beautiful homes and beaches. I don't need those things. I live in Montbury. That's the favour. That's the favour of God. But here's the thing. Adelaide's a very blue-collar city. And we work for people. And so... It's not as aspirational in South Australia, maybe, as other states. And so everybody works for somebody, so everyone has an opinion. And it is quite an opinionated place. And I don't believe that the church should take on the same traits of things that are in our society. We should be people that speak life. Speak life over our city. Speak blessing over our city. If someone succeeds, let's not just 
try to survive their success, let's rejoice with them. Let's believe God with them. Let's thank God for his favor and his blessing in the name of Jesus. I just got on a tangent then, but right here, uh, he says he will have whatever he says. Now, there's no disclaimer on that. He didn't say in church or in prayer or in faith. He just says, whatever you say, you'll have. Words are important. Words were designed by God, not for communication, but for creation. And so the first words that were ever spoken made things. It's interesting that, that uh, when it comes to Jesus even talking to the fig tree, it didn't even have ears, but it still responded to the word of God. Things that don't have ears can respond to the word of God on your mouth. He spoke to fig trees. He spoke to corpses. He spoke to deaf ears. He spoke to wind and waves. He spoke to things that had no capacity to listen in the natural, but in the spiritual, change things. And church, I'm here to tell you today, we need to lift what we're saying. I want to speak life over this church. I believe God's called us to win. I believe God's called us to touch our city. I believe your kids are coming home to Jesus. I believe that Ben Ferguson's going to be healed and whole by the power of God. I believe that every cancer cell in any body in this place is going to wither up and die in the name of Jesus. I believe that God is a miracle working God. I believe when he said, I am the God that healeth thee, that he wasn't lying to us. That it's truth and truth. We need to lift our confession and speak the word of God over things in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, say hallelujah. How did you get saved? How did you get saved? How did you get saved? Confession. Your confession preceded your salvation. Isn't that amazing? You're saved because you spoke a word. That when you spoke that word, you gave notice to the devil that he no longer had control over your life. And when you spoke that word, you confessed with your mouth and believed in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the earth. You were born again. Isn't it amazing how we preach confession and, and speaking words that have power? And some people go, oh, that's just faith preaching. Yeah, yeah that's how you got saved. So if that's what saved you, shouldn't that maintain your salvation in some way and your walk with God? We use the same principles that saved us to continue on in our Christian life. I want to live a life and understand that confession brings possession. Confession brings the blessing of God. Faith comes how? By hearing, hearing by the word of God. The spoken word brings faith into your life. That's why we should speak the word of God in our life. It releases faith in our life. In Matthew chapter 10, a centurion soldier had faith like no one else had ever had faith before. He came to Jesus, his servant's sick. And he says to Jesus, hey, my servant's sick. Jesus says, I'll come to your house. Now, if that was me, I would have said, that's awesome. I would have got my phone. I would have got an Insta post just hanging with Jesus. The centurion had enough faith to have a revelation that one word from God, one word out of the mouth of Jesus was as powerful as a personal visitation of Jesus. Some of us don't realize just one word from God can change everything in a moment of time. Church, I want to encourage you today. One word from God. One word from God. The power of God. The Bible tells us that the word of God is near you in Romans 10. The word of God is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believing in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Can I say, this will help you. This, if, if we can just lift our confession of faith. And Jesus, the Bible says that the disciples, watch this. 
centurion. And the Bible says that Jesus marveled. So the disciples, when they were eyewitnesses and wrote their Gospels, only two times did we see that Jesus marveled. This is one of those times. He says, just send a word and I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus says, Jesus, it's caused Jesus to. Wow, that's, that's faith. It sort of makes, I want to have the kind of faith, even though God knows everything he knows, I want to have the kind of faith that God sort of goes, Whoa. Let me tell you, faith is the conduit for the power of God to come into your life and change things. You know, I, I feel like what, what I'm preaching today, if our church can get this, we can, we can see God. We can just move a little bit. Just, just move a little bit. See God do something. The power. You know, when, when, if you read Genesis 1, the Bible says God said, let me lie. And he saw. Then it says God said, and he saw. God said, and he saw. Can I tell you, when we, I feel the anointing of God on this. When, when, we, when we speak the blessing of God, then we will see the miracles of God. Now, there are other ways to access faith that I don't have time to preach on today. It's not part of my message, seed time and harvest and, and, and a whole lot of those things. But in this message today, I want to talk the power of speaking things. I want to call things in. I want to be a church that speaks things into reality. Maybe you might find there's a person in your world that, that just drives you a bit mad. Speak life over it in the name of Jesus. Nah, God's hands upon them. God's anointings upon them. It might not change them, but it might change you. And I want to encourage you, let the Word of God do what the Word of God needs to do. Create and make things happen for the glory of God. Let me tell you, your words will move mountains because mountains are made of words. God said, let there be light. He created this world with one word from His mouth. Can I encourage you, mountains move by the Word because they were created by the Word of God. Let me tell you, if it's created by the Word of God, the Word of God can change things, move things. If you want a change of scenery, maybe all you're looking at is a mountain range you don't have to conquer it. I tell you, the problem is just underneath our nose. And the answer is just underneath our nose. It's this. Our mouth. If we would get our mouth to speak the word of God in impart, you say, David, are you perfect at this? No, I'm not perfect. I can take a couple of days to get it right, but I do know once I've got the sense in my spirit that that that, that God's talking to me about what I'm saying, and I start to speak words of life, things begin to happen, and I see the breakthrough of God. We have to learn to. St- I, I mean, how many remember Rodney Howard Brown? He's coming to our church sometime next year. We haven't worked it all out, but he had this dream that Billy Graham spoke to him in a dream. And Billy Graham was alive then, so it's not a weird dream. You don't need to freak out. And, uh, and, he, and God spoke to him and said, take Madison Square Garden for six weeks and do a soul-winning crusade in New York City. Cost $18 million to do that event. God spoke to him. They won 49,500 people to Jesus at this crusade. But we flew into Tampa and Dad preached the Sunday in Pastor Rodney's church. And, and we're in the car. I'll never, this, uh, and anyone who's been in the church a while knows the story because it's, it's impacted my life. We're in the car and Rodney says to Dad and I, he said, uh, we need half a million dollars by lunchtime. Uh, otherwise, they're going to shut down the crusade. This is in the middle of it. So like week number four. So we're in the car. And he grabs my dad's hand. I'm in the back. And he says, Father, in the name of Jesus. He says, I'm a tither and I'm a giver. He says, I command ravens to bring provision right now in Jesus' name. And he just came out, boom, in the name, and in Jesus' name. He goes, command ravens to bring provision. And then he, he says, okay, we're done. Good, let's go eat. So we go eat. About an hour later, the phone rings. 
And somebody's on the other end of the line. Pastor Rodney, we just thought we'd go and check the P.O. box one time. There was a check for $450,000 in the P.O. box. You know the problem is you preach this. Most people's heads explode. They look at you like... Because you, we're not, maybe we're not all operating in that space. I oh, know I'm not. I'm more of a 350,000 guy. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you right now that I learned something that day that you can command things. You can believe God for things. And you know what? Most Christians, if you're really honest, we complain before we confess the word of God. Oh, who, who are we going to get through? Oh, God. It's not fair. You know, God, doesn't, God is not moved by us whinging. He's not moved even by our need. He's moved by our faith. And faith is getting some backbone and saying, God, come on, if you believe it, give a lot of hand of praise. You know, when it comes to moving mountains, I get nervous that we have a, a Christian experience that's so, so, so uh, what's, the word, what's the word I'm looking for? We've got, our church life is just so well done that we don't need faith anymore. And so instead of having mountain movers, we have mountain climbers. We have people that are just by faith trying, oh, all right, how am I going to get over this? Let's go this way, we'll go through some of us need to get back to being people that just say God in Jesus' name. Can I tell you, why, why, why is it maybe that circumstances don't go our way? I, I just felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And this might seem like a really weird thing to say to the church. I want to encourage it, even about the music you're listening to. Even about the songs that are filling your ears all the time that you sing along with. That aren't the word of God. And I'm not saying you can't, don't listen to... to, to secular music. I'm not a legalist. I'm an Elvis fan. Um, and uh, I think it's great. But this is what I do want to say. Even be aware. What's filling your spirit? What are you, what are you singing in agreement to? When you're driving your car, what are you, what are you singing in agreement to? Is it the word of God or is it lust? Is, is, it, is it sin? Is it Even when it comes to what we watch on TV, what are we laughing at? Like some, I, I even hear people in the church say some of the shows that they recommend that we should watch. And we watch them and go, man, how can you be a Christian and watch that? I mean, my God, I can I encourage you? Let's make sure what we're saying, what's coming into our eye gate, our ear gate. Now, let's just make sure we're, we're living the word of God and, and, and agreeing with things that agree. It got quiet in here, Donna. I don't know why that was. It's because Pastor George has been listening to Alice Cooper again. <laughs> I told you about that, Pastor George. <laughs> Who's Alice Cooper? He didn't even. No, Pastor George is back to them and he's been listening to Hillsong. Um... Oh, this is good for my spirit. This is, this is good for my spirit. We've got to speak the word of God. Speak it over your life. Let me remind you, you have the head, not the tail. Above only, never below. You are full of power by the spirit of God. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We stand there looking like a cow at a new gate. Can I encourage you? Get faith in your spirit. Let's believe God. Do you know, I feel like I've got a sense of faith that God wants to do something in our church right here. That there's the greatest victories we've ever seen in the Northeast are yet to happen. I mean, if you look back over Ridgehaven and you look back over Modbury Heights and, and look at the history of the church, there's been days of outpouring. I'm telling you, you don't have to dig too hard here to dig into wellsprings of revival in this place. But let me tell you, as beautiful as they are, I feel like the greatest fountain of God's blessing is yet 
yet to be had. Oh, come on, can you just clap so I can think of something else to say? Number two, we got a praying part of faith. Incidentally, the speaking part was most of my message, just in case you think we're only up to point two. The praying part of faith. Verse 24 of Mark 11, what does he say? Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, listen to this, when you pray. Somebody say, when you pray. pray. Look at your neighbour and say, when. When. Not if. It's a little reminder. He doesn't say, if you pray. Jesus would expect that as a child of God, prayer is not an if, it's a when. It happens. It's not the only time he said that in Matthew 6, 5, when he opened up with the Lord's Prayer, he said, and when you pray. Can I tell you, I, I feel like we've, we've been praying just a little more at church, targeted prayer on a Wednesday morning, but I feel like there is a difference in the atmosphere of the Spirit over our church, and I'm rejoicing. Why? There's just a freedom. We're growing a little bit. We've had a breakthrough in salvations. God's doing something here. Why? Because we're a people that are coming back to the principles of God's Word, and I don't think prayer really needs to be a seasonal thing in the church. Prayer needs to be a constant in your life. Don't pray when trouble happens. Pray when you're living in victory. Prayer is accumulative, and prayer is eternal. Every prayer you pray adds to the way of what God wants to do on your behalf and God does nothing except in response to your prayer. Prayer gives God, uh, it, it gives supernatural freedom and liberty to act in natural circumstances. You are giving divine permission for supernatural intervention when you pray. And church, I, I, I've said it, I don't know if I've said it since we've been combined, but I've definitely said it at Ridgehaven. But I, 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 and I, and I, even if I have, even if I said it last week, I want to just remind you, this is my greatest revelation on prayer that I've ever had. And as you know, my revelations are something. Pretty hot right now. No, they're not. This is my revelation on prayer. The reason most of our prayers go unanswered is because they never leave our mouth. They don't serve notice on hell. They don't take dominion in the spirit realm because we think and we're like, don't mumble. Articulate it. You, you say, well, I'm not a good articulator. You know what you want. You know who you're asking. You say, in Jesus' name, when you pray. Here's my little, my, my little, my little model of prayer. This is how I pray. When, I, when, when, when I'm taking time on my own to talk to God, this is how I pray. I pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, according to the word of God. Father, in Jesus' name, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and Lord, according to your word, I thank you that you're a miracle-working God, that you are able to heal and deliver and set free and turn around by the power of the Holy Spirit when we pray. And he says, when you pray, believe you're receiving and you'll have them. Talk about asking as we pray. Whatever things you ask when you pray. Maybe if Deanna can come, thank you so much. When we ask, asking, you don't ask unless you think the person has the answer. I'm not going to ask somebody to give me something or to lend me something that I don't believe it's in their possession to give or let. We ask, we ask in faith, we ask knowing that people are able in the name of Jesus. He says, ask, and then he says, believe. How do we believe? We place our faith in. We commit, we put trust in, we believe, and we don't doubt in our heart. Now, sometimes we might doubt in our mind, but when that doubt comes, say no in Jesus' name. 
Don't invite that dad in for coffee and, and bickies and iced bobos. In the name of Jesus. No. Don't, don't, don't have lunch with doubt. Don't fellowship with doubts. Oral Roberts says, if you're going to doubt anything, just doubt your doubts. Doubt them in Jesus' name. Bless God. Don't doubt in your heart. There's so much more. And I, I do want to just wrap this message up. But I don't think I have time to really give it all to this thought because we've got a couple of things to do. But he closes this little message on faith. Now I love this. He says, and whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Now I don't want to camp on unforgiveness. But what I do see here is that God does give a little bit of a disclaimer when it comes to operating in faith. When it comes to when it comes to the fact that there are still laws that govern our faith. I've preached a whole message on this before, but one of them is unforgiveness. You can have all the mountain moving faith in the world, but if you can't forgive somebody, it blocks God's ability to hear and act on your behalf. It's impossible to walk in faith and unforgiveness. Another law that governs faith is doubt. He says, when you pray, it does not doubt in your heart. Doubt hinders our prayers because we really, if we're in doubt, we're not truly believing what we're saying. Another thing that we need to make sure when we pray is we don't have wrong motives. James 4 says, you have not because you ask not. Yet you ask and you don't receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. When we start praying for things that, are, that we know are not God's will for our life, maybe their prayers like, Lord God, that person is no good. I pray that you take your blessing off them. You don't pray that kind of stuff. Pray according to the word. That's why I always pray according to the word. Because very quick, here's the thing. You say, well, what if I'm praying wrong prayers? God's a big God. God has a way. Oh, this is why I pray in tongues. Because when I'm praying the wrong thing, I start praying in tongues. Five minutes, I'm starting to pray the right thing. And it just, it just changes your whole perspective. You just stop praying like a twit. You start praying the perfect will of God. That's why I encourage our church. Let's be a people that pray in the spirit. And if you can't pray in tongues, just keep saying, God, help me. I'll pray according to your word. You watch God will just suddenly lead your prayers into the right space. Don't be nervous. God, you can pray the wrong thing to God and God's pretty good. God's perfect. And God has a way of just working with us. Help our prayers just get... I think if you live in prayer, you'll find your prayer, your prayer life will just start to shift. I don't know if our praying shifts God as much as it just shifts us. I think it does both. Oh, I've got so much more I want to say. Another one is stinginess. It's a pretty blunt word in church. Stinginess. It says in Proverbs 21, 13, If a man shuns his ears to the cry of the poor, he too will cry out and not be answered. Oh, I've got faith, brother. Oh, man, I've got mountain-moving faith. But I see a need and I don't care. God goes... gives principles of faith but he does put a little disclaimer at the end and basically is saying hey you can operate in faith but maybe add some personal Christian decency to who you are your motives in other words have just a clean godly heart seems to me that humility godliness integrity are breeding grounds for supernatural faith Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it was an encouragement to you. If you'd like to know more about David and Donna, please visit our website, davidhall.com.au.